barbecue ginger. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, welcome aboard, and this is the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. On your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and provolator show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter, by the way. If you're like, what newsletter, go to the main page of the website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and you'll see a little thing at the top that says newsletter. Give me an email address, and every Tuesday around noon Eastern, you'll get a heads up on what's happening on the show later that evening. Every once in a while, if there's a succulent deal being passed around by one of the sponsors or something that you just need to know about, I might send additional, but usually it's just once a week. And if you don't like it after you sign up, then just unsubscribe happens all the time. We get new subscribers. We get people unsubscribing. It doesn't seem to matter. Floating right around 1,000 subscribers to that newsletter right now. And if you subscribe to it before you unsubscribe, you will then be followed up with my homemade barbecue sauce recipe, which you can use at your free will. You can pawn it off as your own. You can take it to market and make millions of dollars. I've decided not to do that, but if you want to do it, go ahead, and you know people on the show that can help you get there with co-packers and sauce makers and all of that. So have at it. My thanks to you for signing up for the newsletter, which can be found at the main website. So here's what's happening in case you didn't get, the, in case you didn't get that newsletter that I was just referring to. It is a first Tuesday of a month, if you can believe it. We're in month seven now, only five months left to change. The co-founder of How to Barbecue Right, Malcolm Reed, rejoins us. We missed him last month due to a sporting event issue, but he is back and better than ever here this month. So there are a number of topics to talk to Malcolm about. Of course, we'll want to get his feedback on Memphis and May. More from a high level, Mark did a great job filling in last month for Malcolm and really doing a deep dive, but we'll want to get Malcolm's thoughts on that. We'll want to talk to Malcolm about mayo and using that as a binder, Blackstone cooking, because flat tops are still the rage and continuing to gain in popularity. Some 
patent that we've seen come out might lead you to believe that one of the bigger pellet cooker manufacturing companies is thinking about getting into that business as well. So plenty of stuff to talk about Malcolm with, and we'll do that in about 11 minutes from now. Then we will move to what is an open segment, but it's not really an open segment at all. The votes are in. And at 35 past the first hour, I will be joined by Utah Embedded Correspondent Rusty Monson, where we will learn together who the winner of Season 3 of Barbecue Central Show's American Idol will be. Rusty or myself will wear that crown for the next year. Actually, if I win, because I've said this all along, the year I win the show... That's it. No more American Idol. So perhaps a lot of you didn't take that into account, depending on who you were or were not voting for. But I have long said, if I win or the year I win, that will also be the year that bit dies. And that could happen as soon as 35 passed. So Rusty Monson joining us to see who wins season three. Let me know who you think should be winning as we're just a bit about a half an hour away from learning who will be season three's champion. That will do it for the first hour, and then we'll move to the second hour because it's the first Tuesday of a month in the second hour. I will be joined by none other than Sam the Cooking Guy. We'll see how that book's going. We'll talk about a huge knife that he's been wielding. We'll talk about his most recent recipes and plenty of other things. I say this half in jest because who knows? how the segment is actually going to go. But I do have, as I do consistently every month, an outline of things to talk about, whether we get to those or not. Who knows? But we'll give it a whirl. Also, we will play What Does Sam Like Best? So you'll have to be tuned in through Clubhouse in order to take part in that. And hopefully it's working. I made a few adjustments because it didn't work last week. But we'll just throw caution to the wind, give it a quick shot. If not, maybe I'll play in lieu of somebody in Clubhouse and then an emailer can be first in to say, I win, and we'll pass the prize off to you. Who knows? That's the fun of doing it live. We'll do it live. We'll just see what happens. And then closing out the show is fast food extraordinaire review expert and the official fast food reviewer of this show, Bill Oakley, will be joining us. We'll be talking about that Arby's Wagyu burger in depth and get his take on it. The Embedded Correspondents did a whole thing on it last week, of course. And uh, three of, 75% of us weren't huge fans. Rusty was a huge fan. But we'll get Bill's take on that. We'll also talk about the Strawberry Frosty over at Wendy's. And Burger King has a brand new Southwest Bacon Whopper. I think that is the particular term. So you can go ahead and check Bill out to close the show this evening. So that's how it unfolds. Malcolm Reed soon. The final results of American Idol Barbecue Central Show's 2022 Season 3 edition after Malcolm. Second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy. And then Bill Oakley. Don't forget, you can follow me socially. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. For live video feeds of the show, you can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also over on YouTube slash RD Rempe where there's a lively chat ongoing and, of course, audibly on Clubhouse as well. So let's start here this evening. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Reporting from Cleveland, Ohio, Greg Rempe at the Breaking News Desk. 
from the place that breaks the most live fire breaking news as it's breaking across the country, nay, the globe. And if you didn't see this on social media about an hour ago as it was breaking a little more than that, as I knew the better part of a day or two before this. However, it wasn't official until now. And if you don't subscribe to the bullshit or get regular updates from the KCBS, I am here to tell you that the CEO of KCBS, Emily Detweiler, is stepping down at the end of the year. So we wish her, fam- uh, wish her and her family good luck on the new endeavor. This coming from KCBS on behalf of the KCBS Board of Directors, we announced the resignation of Emily Detweiler, Chief Executive Officer, to pursue another opportunity. Ms. Detweiler will be leaving the Kansas City Barbecue Society at the end of July. During her nearly three-year tenure with KCBS, Ms. Detweiler has been instrumental in leading the organization into the future, as well as leading the organization through some challenging times, like the pandemic, like the shambles it was in when she took over the reins as CEO with the former CEO not doing anything and making it kind of a wreck, and then also lawsuits that she had to contend with, both from the past CEO and through the whole uh, Randall Bowman and uh, First Media, whatever his uh, business was that he was contracted. There was a whole situation that's going on there. So there were a lot of things that she had to uh, get through and then also keep an interest in competition barbecue and grow the platform, like steer the vision is what a CEO is supposed to do. So she has found a better opportunity and will be taking that over At the end of July, I do have an interview slated with Emily the first Tuesday in July in what would be Sam the Cooking Guy's traditional segment, but I know he's going to be in Canada and not able to make it next month. So I will have an interview with her. We'll get straight gas on the first Tuesday of August. So if you're looking forward to hearing me questioning Emily about what actually is going on in there and what the future of KCBS looks like and all that fun stuff. We'll get somebody that saw the inner workings of that for the better part of three years. So once again, Emily Detweiler resigning as KCBS CEO. I had a bunch of great feedback from the show, but breaking news trumps anything else. Malcolm Reed is in the green room. Since the company's humble beginnings, In 1987, Oklahoma Joe's has helped those who appreciate the process of craft smoking. What began with Joe Davidson, a Barbecue Hall of Fame member and a dozen hand-built smokers at the Oklahoma State Fair over 30 years ago, has since forged an Oklahoma Joe's brand that builds some of the most sought-after smokers in the market. Oklahoma Joe's has a proud history of creating uncompromising smokers and grills with a carefully crafted design, and the newest generation of the popular Rider Series Pellet Grills carries on that tradition. New features in the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grill include a pit control 2.0 system that delivers the category's first dual sensor temperature control. There's one at grill grate level, and then one where you would normally see it in the smoke temperature cooking chamber. Fire Focus dual sensor feedback optimizes temperature control based on the selected cooking style low and slow smoking or high heat grilling a power feed system that boasts the high torque auger motor that powers through the pellets for an incredible power and performance and the new rider series builds on several popular features including 
The smoke and sear modes would feature an impressive temperature range that run from 200 degrees to a searing hot 650 degrees, a 20-pound quick-draw hopper that allows unused pellets to be drained in seconds for simple storage, removal, and swapping of pellet flavors. If that doesn't trip your trigger to at least check it out, I'm using it frequently. If you follow me on Instagram, I did a quick story on it showing that in its high heat mode where I had a bunch of boneless, skinless chicken breasts because of the deal I'm doing with Mr. Do Wellness over there, David McDowell. But this thing cooks them up perfectly, great sear. And again, reaching you have direct access to the fire pot. So that allows that searing hot temperature of 650 degrees plus. Is it pet? pellet friendly at that temperature? No, but you know what you're doing. You're getting the high heat. If you want to check it out online before you see it in person, oklahomajoes.com. That's oklahomajoes.com. And the Rider Deluxe Pellet Cookers will be back with Malcolm Reed right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU and ask all your questions. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Joining me this segment, because it is the first Tuesday of a brand new month, is the co-creator of How to Barbecue Right and the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team, we race to the Ryder DLX Pellet Grills Hotline, brought to you by Oklahoma Joe's, and welcome back, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. What's happening, Greg? Happy 4th of July, man. Hope you had a good weekend. Had a great weekend. On Sunday, I did a massive rib cook on the Oklahoma Joe's. Did five racks that I got from our mutual acquaintance, one of the premier purveyors of beef and pork and chicken in the country, Kevin Green from the barbecue shop. And... You know, what I really like about talking with Kevin is, A, I'm a big shot and have direct access to him, as I know you do, so we can flex our little text message muscles. But I said, hey, I have a really important cook to do. My oldest daughter had her boyfriend in. I want to show off and make sure that I'm doing the right things on the rib side because he's heard I make really great ribs. But what's the most important thing to do? Having consistency in rack size. I don't want a puny rack. I don't want a beefy rack, meaty rack. And then all of a sudden my cook times are all the way off or I'm pulling them off at indiscriminate times because some are finishing ahead of the others. And I say, Kevin, I need him to be within a tight tolerance. And he said, no problem. He picked out five of the Allegiance Duroc pork ribs and they were within two tenths of a pound, uh, all five racks. And they cooked up tremendously. And 
to me, that's the key of dealing with Kevin over at the butcher shop is you ask for what you want. He gets you what you want. I know you've had tremendous success doing that as well. Oh, yeah, man. I, I, those Allegiance ribs are good, too. Yeah, they're really they're good. Marble. That's one of the better cooking. I get, You got the St. Louis Bears, didn't you? Yes, of course. Yeah, that's the ones. I, that's the ones we go to bat with in contests a lot. And I mean, they cook. They all cook even like that. Um, you don't. You don't see a big discrepancy in the sizes on them. That's what I like. About. I don't know if it's just the. I know Kevin just gets them in, but they have a pretty uh, tight spec on those ribs. It seems like no matter where I get them from, they're always good. Yeah, they were very impressive. Uh, so my Fourth of July was great with the rib cook. We did some atomic buffalo turds as well, which is always a family favorite you can never seem to make enough of those what's on the menu at a malcolm reed fourth of july and I, you know what i did five racks of ribs too oh, i did yeah? baby backs though mm-hmm. yeah we did i did a couple dry racks for shell she likes them dry and then me and michael uh kind of experimented a little bit with some different glazes and different stuff in some wrap he wanted a sweeter rib so i kind of gave him a little rib tutorial let him i, I kind of oversaw it and let him do, do do all the work and he turned out some good ribs man they, they were really good the thing that DivaQ taught me a couple years ago and that you really seemed to, to sink in when I heard you say it that has really turned my ribs around over the last 12 months is doing the one extra thing I never thought I would actually do. It's not injecting ribs. It's taking that thermopen and putting it in between the meat after I've let them sit in the foil for you know 40 minutes, 45 minutes, depending on how big they are. I don't want to overcook them. But getting them to that target temperature of like 2000, uh, 2000, 204, 205, 206 degrees, but all of them being there so I know each rack to the next is going to be consistent. That has really changed the game for me. You know, I never, I used to never temper. Yeah, ribs. never. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know what it was, but we started noticing that we were getting discrepancies. You know, sometimes they would be perfectly tender, some other racks wouldn't. So we just decided to start checking them. And the minute we did that, it changed our rib game. And, you know, it sounds crazy that you're just, you know, you've got just a little bit of meat between these bones and it's, it's you know, you can't really put a probe in there and watch them. But a thermopin goes perfect and you get those accurate temps. And when you start looking for that temperature, you know, after you rest them a little bit, letting them see, I, I like that 204, 206. That's always the magic right there for ribs. It's a perfect bite. It's not fall apart, but they just melt in your mouth. And that's that's what I go with. And so, I tell you what, a hundred dollars for a thermal pen is probably one of the best investments in barbecue that you can make. Yep, no doubt about it. And again, it's consistency in the size of the rack, and then it's making sure that target temperature is where you want it from each rack to the next, giving you a consistent rack each and every one. Depend, no matter how many you're doing, you know you're going to get the same end product right off the bat. So we missed you in June. So let's go get some things done here before we get into the new topics because. There are some things I want your takes and answers on. First off, at the end of May, there was a new class inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Did you know that this was still a thing? And do you know any of the four members that won it? Um, <laughs> I see it every year. And, and you know, really, I probably just because of your coverage of it is why I see it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that's a... <laughs> I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it right on your mind. You can't get away from it if you're going to be palling around with me. You keep it real every year at the Barbecue <laughs> Hall of Fame, and I'm always, you know, I look forward to seeing who made it. Who did? I, you know, I didn't. I didn't really. 
have a cr- close relationship with anyone. Did, uh, Leanne made it this year, didn't she? Yeah, Leanne, Joe Traeger, and, uh, John Marcus, and Ed Mitchell. I've met, her, I've met her several times. You know, we've we've done a few things, and so that was good to see her. Let's talk about Memphis in May. We had Mark on, as I had mentioned in the open on the show last month. Of course, he gave us a really good look at what happened over the weekend, the finishes the team took. But you're the name most associated with that team, obviously. Give me your thoughts, high level, on the 2020, uh, 20, where the hell am I at even? The 2022 Memphis in May effort for Killer Hawks. You know, it, we had a, we had a good year. It was different being away from the Mississippi River, you know, down there on Tomway Park. That was all different. So that was probably the biggest struggle, venue change with people. Um, you know, teams were moved around, and it was so spread out. You didn't get to – I didn't feel like we got to visit as much with people that we normally do. And it was – you know, you kind of – we went in, did our thing, had a good – you know, had a good run on Friday or Thursday and Friday's contest. Saturday, or they didn't like our ribs this year for some reason. But, you know, it happens. We don't, we, we, we're, gonna, we're ready to cook next year. My biggest takeaway was it was a, a down year as far as the city goes, making money. I think they were, I forget how many, you know, how many millions of dollars they said they lost wow. having it uh, where they did. So, um, big takeaway is they're, they're taking it back. You know, they're, they're, they're rushing this park finish so they can have Memphis and May back where it's supposed to be on the banks of the river. So, we're excited about going back down there. Um, I know. You know, Memphis and May costs a lot of money for your spots. You, you spend a lot of money. A lot of that is for location because you want those river views and, you you know, you, you want to entertain people when when you're down there. And it's hard to do in a parking lot. So, you know, we spend a lot of money and just get a parking lot view. We think we had some old buildings and some dumpsters in front of us. So <laughs> it wasn't like we had a, a beautiful view. But, I mean, it worked. We were on asphalt. The weather was nice. You know, it, it got hot and it did a little raining. But. Over, over it all, it, it went off without a hitch. We didn't have any problems. And everybody, for the most part, had a good time just because we're cooking barbecue in Memphis. But it'd be better back in its original location. I was listening to the podcast after the whole thing went down. Am I to understand from that particular show that you might have thought you were jobbed out a little bit in that blind box? Um, You know, maybe... Uh, that, that's going to be the only place they got us. We were, I mean, the on-site stuff, we tended out. I mean, it was perfect. And so either we got on a bad table or they just didn't like something in our blind box. I don't know. Our ribs were, ribs were really good. Uh, that, you know, Outlaw cooked a fantastic rib. And uh, all of our judges from on-site come back and was like, wow, they just, you know, they were blown away. It was, to, you know, totally some of the best ribs they had that day. But. It's Memphis in May. I mean, everybody down there is cooking a good rib, so you've got to win the blind, and you've got to get on a table to where you dominate the table. If if there's a table where you split it up, it hurts everybody on it. You know, if there's three or four good ribs on that table and you're all bumping heads, you know, it's going to knock somebody out. So we were one of the ones that got knocked out. KCBS is known for having that certified barbecue judge and. Certainly that opens itself up to its own can of worms that we've seen year after year about complaining of judges, this, that, and the other thing. Is Memphis and May some kind of a certified judging criteria, or is it just what people like for flavor-wise, and that's how they score? They cert- they do certify them, but Memphis and May is one of, the, one of the few contests that I know that you actually have to pay to judge. And so they end up with... A lot of, I mean, you do have some repeat judges that do it year after year, but you end up with a lot of new judges every year because they want to come to Memphis and they want to see what it's all about. So there's really, the target kind of moves as far as you can't, 
you never know what judge you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get a new job that judge that likes spicy or a new judge that wants them sweet or they want them super tender. So you just kind of do the best you can there at Memphis. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make changes from cooking a big contest like that. It's not like a weekly contest that you can go in and you can nail down what the judges are looking for. And so that's, and that's what makes it tough. It's one time a year and to go to changing things. I mean, you know, we got a year to practice, but can you really make that big of a change? I don't think we would. We're just going to do what we do. Heath Riles ends up winning ribs. Do you go? I mean, you're really good pals with him. So do you yeah. snag a rib of his and, oh, yeah. and taste what we, we, all, <laughs> we went right, we went over there and tried them and it was one, it's one of those ribs where he, I mean, he, he's a fantastic cook. Yeah. I mean, his accolades say it all for him. And when we took our, you know, we kind of took our ribs and compared them to his and there was, I don't know. We had some people say that you couldn't tell a difference. So it was, they were that close, you know, so it just shows you that if you get two similar ribs, one of them can be, I think ours was 46 and his was first. So that's a fine line on a, you know, something, there wasn't much different to them. Actually, we, we all just cooked a old, we called it an old school rib this year. We kind of went back, did some simple things and tried to play with those, you know, new judges and get some flavors in there. And it worked for him. It worked great. He, I mean, he had a great contest. First Memphis and May, first place trophy. So I really thought he was going to win the whole thing. But Brad and Tim snuck in there with that hog on a drum and just dominated. That was awesome. Yeah, so you're leading Hats into my uh, next question. We're talking with Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. Last week before we did the Barbecue Central <clears throat> show, American Idol finale, which I'm sure you tuned in and were just blown away by the singing skills of Rusty Monson and myself, I talked to the embedded correspondents, and we all weighed in on that specific win. Everybody but John said this was the biggest quote-unquote coup in competition history, that being Blues Hog winning the Hog and then overall Grand Championship. Do you agree yeah. that that's a, a coup of sorts? Oh, I mean, definitely, because you got to look. They were going against Mark, Mark Lambert and Shoulders, and he's won Memphis and May. I don't know. This is five or six shoulder win. And then you got Heath in there. And those are, I mean, two of the top guys in the NBN style of barbecue doing on-site judges. And you got those guys to come in from the KCBS background who are phenomenal cooks and just to come over into NBN and be so strong with that, that style, with the, you know, having to do the on-site, which is totally different than anything they ever do. And they, I mean, they just, they've took it over. They've done it in real. I mean, they had a really good run in ribs. Yeah. Fifth place. First time, first couple of times they cook it. And then they've, you know, I think that they won shoulders, I believe, yep, as well, year. the year before, yep, and then they moved to Hog, and to, to dominate and get the world championship in Hogs, man, that just speaks for itself how good those guys are. It's it's outstanding. Mark seemed to think that some of the favor was tipped to them because nobody had ever seen a whole hog in that size drum. Do you think that? Maybe that doesn't even play into it, but aesthetically, that's a pretty impressive thing to look at, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think it's different. And, you know, the Shed's done it with their run, their standing up hog that they cook on the robo hog, and they bring it out, which is cool. And so it ha there has to be some factor. Presentation's a big part of it. And when you can sell that you're cooking on something that's unique, that's never been done before, that's a big, you know, that's that's something that judges pay attention to. Because if they're looking at other hogs and they're just the same old hog that they're used to seeing all the time, and you throw something like that at them, which and we all know that barbecue that anything cooked on a drum is going to have phenomenal taste. That's mm -hmm. a, and I've always said that's one of the best flavors you can get. It's old traditional 
old brick pit style barbecue where that meat's just dripping over those coals way down low. And I, and I know I didn't even try their hog, but I guarantee it tasted phenomenal because it cooked right there over those coals the whole time. And for them to pull it off like that's amazing. Any other thoughts on Memphis in May this year before we wrap it up and move to nonsense? Ah, man, no, we're just ready to do it again. It's, it's always good to get that one behind you. You know, you have a little recovery time, but by now we're thinking about, man, we could, you know, we're ready for next year. We're going to, we're going to win it all next year. You got to have that mindset going forward and I'm excited for it to be back downtown. So before see how I, that goes, before I ask you about the Arby's Wagyu burger, I do want to bring up last year was your uh, inaugural or jump off year with partnering with the Palmer home and fundraising for the families initially was just to feed one home, but you end up raising enough to feed two families. Is this something you're doing again this year? Cause I think we were right around this time last year when you punched it out. We definitely are. We started at Memorial day and it's the same kind of campaign where it's, we, you know, we're just donating money. You can go to how to barbecue, right? Slash Palmer uh, home. And it'll give you the information or go to palmerhome.org and you can see what, what all kinds of good causes those guys are doing for the kids there. But we started, you know, we pledged to feed two families this year, um, you know, we're, and we're well on the way. I think we're, I, I, last numbers, it was over five grand or something like that we've already raised. Right. I know people are going to, you know, this summer it's going to it's gonna come in, but uh, we're doing a special thing this year. We always try to do something for our top fundraisers. I know y'all helped us last year. You didn't get to come, but maybe this year you can. Maybe. We're going to do a big pick. We're going to do a pig picking in November uh, where we're just, cook a hog here at headquarters, how to barbecue right, and have a good you know a good time that day, eating barbecue, talking about cooking whole hog. Fucking. Oh, the people that you know, help us raise the most. And a guest. They all get to bring a guest, too. That's right. So uh, go over to howtobarbecuerite.com and click on the Palmer Home icon there and go ahead and donate uh, and I'll throw it out there again this year uh, last year I said if anybody donates $1,000 singularly I will also match that one time singularly $1,000 so it's out there again if anybody wants to step up you let make sure that you send a note in to Rochelle or Malcolm say hey I'm pledging this amount just so they can track it they can let me know and then I can go ahead and match that donation just so we can make sure that we're doing our part. It's a great cause, and we always want to help you out with the good stuff that you guys are up to out there. Now, last week, aside from talking about what was a coup or what wasn't a coup in competition barbecue, the embedded correspondents and I, I attached them to go eat at least one Arby's Wagyu burger. Now, I'm glad I got mine when I did because all of a sudden I started seeing commercials here in the Cleveland area, and I don't know if this is just regionally or not, but it said, hey, we sold out of the Wagyu burgers, and now we're discounting two other menu items, and I was shocked. I'm interested to get your take on the Wagyu burger. So when I saw it, I had to try it. I mean, if you know somebody's going to throw out that they're doing a Wagyu burger, you know I'm going to be one of the ones to step up, and it's it's fast food. My, okay, so my take on it was Arby's doesn't have any kind of grill that they're cooking hamburgers on there. Right. So, you know, we're doing to these burgers, just warming them up, coming in. But was it going to be decent? Was it, I mean, it was, I think, was it 10 bucks? I think I just got the basic combo. You got to get the curly fries with it. That's probably the best thing Arby's has is their curly fries. But the burger wasn't bad. I'm not going to knock it, man. I, you know, I tried it. It, you know, it lived up to hype. Was it? a Wagyu burger like we would get and cook on a grill. No, 
but it was a you know it, to be to compare it to a McDonald's burger or a Wendy's burger or somewhere else. It was up there for fast food. I would I would I would eat another one. You know, it's not something I'm gonna go out of my way. But I didn't think it was bad. Now it wasn't good as a water burger. That's that's my number one fast food oh, burger. Yeah. If you ever had one, the water burger is where it's at. But it was good. It was good. So 75% of us last week took a dump all over it, thought it was way gimmicky, didn't really smack when you bit into it of the buttery goodness of what a true Wagyu burger would be. But then you're probably looking at a 40 or $50 burger all on its own if it was going to be like that versus the blend that it was in. And I have no way of figuring out what that exact blend was or confirming that. So... Uh, but Rusty, who's going to be coming on next segment, was an absolute fan. I think he said he got it three or four different times over the course of the month just to make sure that and you know each one was successfully better than the other. So law of diminishing return didn't even apply to that. So he was a big fan, and uh, good to hear that you are. One last question before I let you go. Mayo as a binder for meat. We know about, like I use Worcestershire sauce, especially on pork. I've used you know uh, mustard. Everybody, of course, uses mustard. But what about mayo? I've done it on chicken. I've, that's that's one place where I've you know I've done it in thighs and in KCBS cooking. We've used mayo and plates of butter in a muffin pan before. Back when that was a big thing, yep. uh, it works. It's a fat, you know. It's a oil. It's oil based, and so it you know it, it does pretty well. Now I've I've added a you know a big spoon of it to my burgers. It kind of it's kind of a little secret if you want to make a juicy burger and. and and, and give it some richness put when you're when you're making a ground you know back ground beef patty add you a tablespoon of mayonnaise in there with the meat um, but i've never used it on beef or pork or anything like that um i don't see why you couldn't i mean it doesn't it probably doesn't look great when you got that coated off or ribeye steak and you go to season it but it's gonna cook off it's gonna melt pretty fast and, you know it, so it's it's I'm, I'm okay with it i'm okay with it, especially on chicken do not do it on fish uh some of the worst fish that shells ever cooked for me in my life with some kind of mayonnaise basted tilapia <laughs> that was just disgusting. I wouldn't feed it to a cat. Oh dear. And she knows what all her mayonnaise fish, what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible on fish. All right. So we'll stay away from the fish and maybe that'll be the next uh, task that I tell the embedded correspondents to do. And then we all circle back up at the end of a month and give it a try. Uh, mayo as a binder. Although I have people in the chat room saying binder is a barrier, but Sometimes you need to be able to hold that spice on, and we're just looking for different things. Uh, anything else before I let you go here, Malcolm, that you're looking to promote? Um, man, no, just that um, we, we already talked about the Palmer Home thing. That's the big thing we're doing. We are uh, helping sponsor SEA contest down in Arkansas. If any of your listeners are going to be in Melbourne, Arkansas, on August the 13th, um, it's a big SEA state contest. Uh, they're doing the first ever trout ancillary. Oh. So anything trout's going to be one. Trout will be provided. So that's going to be unique. Hopefully nobody uses mayo no on trout. <laughs> but that's you know, that's what we got coming up. And, you know, we're just wrapping up, you know. Seems like we're blowing through this year, Greg. It's already no. July, man. We're over halfway now, so. 1.43 million subscribers on YouTube. If you're not one of them, make sure you go over and do that. Otherwise, check out the website, howtobbqright.com, and you can see this guy right here on the first Tuesday of every month. Malcolm Reed, always appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you again in August. Yes, sir. Have a good one, Greg. We'll see you next month. All man. right, there he is, Malcolm Reed, right there. All guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. Everybody's subscribed to him on YouTube, but 
I don't want to assume. Uh, Sam, the cooking guy, yelled at me for assuming the last time. So if you aren't or you're new to the show or just hearing it for the first time and you want the authority of barbecue on YouTube, go over to How to BBQ Right or search that over on YouTube and then make sure you're subscribed to Malcolm's channel. Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah is ready to jump aboard here, and we will both find out together your Season 3 American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition champion will be. Does the competition end tonight for good? We'll all wait and see here in just one moment. Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies gets you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces, the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has something for every type of outdoor cook. So we know about the rubs and season. I'm actually getting a shipment of all of the new rubs and seasonings that he's coming out with. So looking forward to that. But you have popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards. 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Now, if you're looking for a new go-to sauce because you're sick and tired of what's existing out there, you want something new, Granny's Barbecue Sauce is the new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everybody. Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they have those pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available for sale on the website. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages that nobody else is offering. If you're not sure of what grill you need, Call them and ask questions. They'll steer you in the right direction. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. We are back to find out who wins season three of Barbecue Central Show's American Idol right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. We thank Malcolm Reed for joining us last segment. This portion of Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit Cookin, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other products they have that might add a little smoky goodness to whatever it is you're cooking. And now... We will welcome in the embedded correspondent from the great city of Utah, the creator of Salt City Barbecue and associated trailer, Rusty Monson. Hey, Rusty. Hey, what's going on? Are you a believer and doer of temping your ribs to make sure they're done? 
I I have I don't think I can remember last time I attempted a rib in my entire I it's been years since I've attempted a rib. It's a thing you don't do? Never. Hmm. Ever, ever, ever. Why not? I just what's the, I mean, every every single pig has lived a different life, you know? When's that one gonna be done as opposed to this one's gonna be done? You know, how thick is this one? What's going on under the fat? You know, you just never know. And so if you're just saying, well, I'm going to pull a 204, you know, then you're going to have some tough ribs sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you pull it, you know, probe tender, which, you know, is kind of variable, then you're going to be successful every single time. And if you're focused in on one temperature, you're just going to, you're not going to be consistent. Rusty Monson joining us here on the show. I was just starting to dive off into a bunch of barbecue trailer follow-up questions but we have uh, maybe a month or so before that third month is uh, eclipsed and then we come back for another quarterly visit how is everything going just generally speaking good yeah i was uh, up at 4 30 a.m yesterday and got home at midnight and today i had a lunch until a few hours ago and i'm heading back to the commissary to do it all again tomorrow wow love it. after this set. loving every minute of it yeah it's fun like i said you have to have passion to push through and it, you know it keeps <laughs> It's. I must have more, far more passion than I had ever imagined. Yes, you must. So, it's, wow. it's fun. It's fun. All right, Rusty. We have come to the point in the segment where we will start to begin the unveiling of who will be a season three Barbecue Central Show's American Idol Grand Champion. Now, you are somebody who, of course, is used to winning Grand Championships. That being on the barbecue stage, not necessarily on the singing stage last year, was your first year into the singing competition. You have no choice. I mean, I make everybody do it, much to their chagrin. However, what I've come to find over the last three years is that the singing has ramped up every single year. The production value prior to the live singing, whoever makes it into the finals, has risen each and every year. So as you now get through your second year, I'm interested to hear what your overall take is from year one to year two. What did you like and what didn't you like? I think everyone got a little bit better. I honestly think that the judges help because I think, you know, they make us understand that we have to stay within our, you know, what we can do vocally, which for me is basically nothing. And so I have a very slim, but, you know, they say, hey, you know, stay within, stay in your lane, you know, don't try and go crazy. And if you do, then whatever. And then you learn like this, like John did, like, don't do a song everyone knows differently. So, you know, we're always learning. And if we continue to do this and, you know, down the road, everyone's going to get a lot better. And I think from one to two, I think everyone made a big jump. I listened to the first year. I think that last year was was fun. I think everyone kind of got in a groove, especially John. He really figured out what he wanted to do. And I think overall, everyone did. I actually think a good job this time. I mean, I actually enjoyed the songs instead of being like, oh, Jesus, you know. Did you th- uh, so I think it was good. Did you think adding the professional singer to the judging panel was more self-serving for me, or do you think it was worthwhile? I thought it was great. I just think he was way too positive, man. Way I don't know. too positive. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you look someone in the eye and go, that was good. Man. <laughs> I was jamming yeah. out to your suck. <laughs> I know. I was like, ooh, you know, I get it. He wants to be nice. That's cool. But man, you know, sometimes you just got to let people know that they suck so they can either get better or quit. And that's how it should be. Well, the good news is the girls in studio continue to have a razor's tongue and a unique ability to not hold back any punches. So whether Jose was being extremely nice for no good reason, 
Uh, we were certainly brought back to reality quickly by Bobby, Maddie, and Barley and what they thought of things. Although, I have to say, this was probably the first year where there were many more kudos than ball kicks from them. Like I said, I think they got better. We all kind of got better. We kind of realized, based off listening to them, what we should be doing. And I think people took that seriously, and I think it got better. Well, Rusty, for those that missed last week's finale, I do have a bit of a recap before we get to the actual results here. The way the finals work is this. Two are picked. It was Rusty and myself. We, before Sing Live had pre-recorded a duet of sorts. This one was the ever-popular 80s song, maybe it was early 90s. Lita Ford and Ozzy Osbourne's Close My Eyes Forever. And if you missed it, it sounded like this. If I close my eyes forever Will it all remain the same? your eyes close your eyes you gotta close your eyes for me that so that was the duet john said uh from a production standpoint the best mix that uh, any recorded song has seen so and i mixed that i uh, didn't give it to my sound guy because i didn't want to bother him this time around he's got other things going on and uh, so I was happy to hear that from him because he's obviously got that keen ear. And then, uh, so I was picked as being the winner of the duet, whatever that means, uh, basically affording me the opportunity to go last. So Rusty went first. And tell everybody what you sang, Rusty, and, and why you picked it. You know, I was driving home every day from work, you know, and trying to pick these songs and sing along, see if I can do it. And then last minute, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do a song I know. And that's what got me here is because I've been so busy. I would literally come down and sit down and go, okay, I have to do this song. Screw it. I just want to do. And I just put the song on. I'm like, that's the one we're doing. I'm sending that to Greg. Let's go. Why change in the middle of a competition? They say in competition, never, ever change your recipe until you can, you know, practice it. And I had right. no time to do that. So I stuck to the game plan and I just was listening to the radio and that song came out. And go, oh, I love that song. I know every word. That's what I'm doing tonight. That's why I did. And that song was Ween's Piss Up a Rope. We've also come to find out that you're a fairly large Ween fan. My favoriteest Ween song is Baby Bitch. I've never heard of Piss Up a Rope, but Baby Bitch is one of my favorite songs, period. Uh, you also introduced uh, Jose Urquiza, lead singer of Three Years Hollow, to Ween, which is a win for Ween, gaining a new fan. Mm -hmm. I will say this, though. That record called 12 Great Country Hits, even though I think there's only 11 songs on it, the backing band was Elvis's old band. Just Elvis little, Presley? Uh, Everest, Elvis Presley's wow. backing band was okay. the, the backing band on that album. All right. Uh, if you missed Rusty's live rendition of Piss Up a Rope, here's what that sounded like. You can piss up a rope and you can put on your shoes. Hit the road, get trucking. Pack your bag, I don't need the egg on your knees, you big booty bitch, start sucking. You ride my ass like a horse in a saddle, now you're up shit's creek with a turd for a paddle. And I can't cope, I piss up a rope. Wow, I gotta tell you, it's just as magical hearing the recap. And I was... 
again, as I'd mentioned last week, after hearing it, there was a uniqueness to it. There was a unabashed profanity to it. And I said, here is something that's come up that I wasn't expecting because I then followed that up with, I guess, what would be a rock standard, Bon Jovi mega hit, Wanted Dead or Alive or Dead or Alive or whatever it's called. I was like, wow, I'm actually questioning my choice of song. Should I have gone over the top? Uh, As I had mentioned, after singing it, this was a song I tried to sing seven or eight times in the car leading up to deciding on the song, realizing that I can't sing it the way I wanted to sing it full go from start to finish. So I had to start out almost in a harmony sense to keep it down. And then once that last verse kicked in, then I went up into high gear, but could only do it for a verse and hope that I could make it through the rest of the song without cracking, which luckily I was able to do for the most part. If you missed that, here's what Dead or Alive sounded like on my end. When I walk these streets a load of six spring on my back I'm playing for keeps Cause I might not make it back I've been everywhere And I'm standing tall I've seen a million faces And I've rocked them all Cause I'm a cowboy On a steel horse high ride I'm wanted, dead or alive. All right, so that's dead or alive for me. You know, I hear it back. I'm not as impressed hearing it back as I was with myself singing it live. I don't know if that's just like a common thing or not, but uh, I did feel like the end was the saving grace. Otherwise, I think I might have got booed out of the place. Yeah, I, I actually was listening to that. And I, uh, at first, I was like, oh, shit, I won this thing. That's nuts. I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to win this thing. And the second half, go, okay, I lost this thing. <laughs> it's over. Well, you, I, mean, you, you, I don't know if you realized halfway through or maybe just got a little bit of like, you know, you got used to it or whatever. That second half was just like flawless. And I'm like, ah, oh, there it goes. Well, it's all come down to this, Rusty. Uh, voting opened up at the end of the show last week. It ran until Sunday to 11.59 uh, p.m. Eastern, and the votes are in. First and foremost, record number of votes this year, as we've done in successive years, so that's great. 647 total unique individual votes, not like uh, the Barbecue Hall of Fame gets for like a bunch of repeats. These were all... Uh, verified individual unique votes. And then the final tally, if you can believe it, 31 votes separates first place and second place. Winning season three, 2002, uh, 2022 champion Your humble host, Greg Ramp. 339 votes for me, 308 wow. votes for Rusty. And I didn't think it was going to be that close. I knew it was going to be close, but I didn't think it was going to be less than uh, 50 votes separating us, which continues to show how good we are and how everybody else sucked this year. I'll say it. You don't have to. And uh, I will now wear the crown. However, that puts us in a very 
precarious and unique position because I've maintained all along that the year I win it, the year is also the year we kill it. So, unless maybe we'll put this to a vote at the end of July with the embedded correspondence because they're also involved in this. But I'll ask you first, and then you can take three weeks to reflect and see if you want to recant. Is this something that I'm being too spontaneous on, that I'm going to hold myself to saying, hey, we're going to kill it, or my word is my bond? Your word is your bond. I'd rather talk about barbecue, even though this is fun. It would be one of those <laughs> things that John can play with a couple years down the road on his podcast and uh, and recap these days, and we can talk about them fun. But I think we should get to, you know, talking about some Arby's or something like All right, that. All Ro- right, Rusty says we're done with it. Hold firm. That's my first thought, of course, but we'll ask John and Doug at the end of the month. Uh, Rusty, anything else before I let you go tonight, promotion-wise? Now, guys, just follow me on Soul City Barbecue, spelled out with a C, and uh, follow, listen to Pitmasters podcast. We have Matt Hansen coming up this Thursday. Oh, cool. As you know, he's a, I'm a huge fan of his. He's one of my mentors, so it'll be a good episode. Rusty, I do want to thank you again for taking part in this nonsense. And, of course, the live show is a completely different Herculean effort that one has to actually go through. Uh, a, it's singing live, but then there's production stuff that we have to do, and you were testing with me. So there's a above and beyond John has done it. Uh, Reiser did it the year before that. And now your efforts, uh, I certainly appreciate it. Can't do the show without you in many different ways. And uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this, and I certainly appreciate you. Hey, man, every time we do it, it's fun no matter what we do. I appreciate you, man. All right, there he is, Rusty Monson, right there. Our guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. And the good news is this. I'm the winner! Holy moly. 31 votes separating Rusty and myself. Again, if you're just tuning in, I'm the winner of Season 3's Barbecue Central Show's American Idol. 339 votes for me, 308 votes for Rusty, 647 total votes. And we're done with it. And not only are we done with it, we are done with it. However, in order to maintain a small window of hypocrisy, we will ask the embedded correspondents what they think, if they have had enough, and that I should also stick to my word. I'm pretty sure on Doug. I'm 98% sure on John that they will also want me to maintain my word on that and not continue into year four. But we will leave it to them to answer. I don't want to speak for them. Rusty has already made his initial answer, but we'll go back to him in three weeks' time to make sure that he doesn't change his mind. But right now, this is it. American Idol is over. Barbecue Central Show edition. I go out on the high note being season three winner. And again, only 31 votes separating me and Rusty. 647 total unique votes. Wow. Unbelievable. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the premier pellet cookers out there on the market today. A choice wine. If you just need a great cooker, but you don't need all the dilly-dally bells and whistles. Now, if you want dilly-dally and bells and whistles, Prime Line or Prime Plus. A little bit more of a robust build on the chassis, of course. 
like in the cooking chamber, peeking windows on the cooking chamber and pellet hopper, two internal meat probes, Wi-Fi connectivity, app ability as well. So if you want to adjust the cooker up and down temperature wise or create custom cook cycles, you can do it all there on the app. You never even have to go outside plus to put more pellets in the hopper. That's really the only other time you need to do it aside from putting the meat on and then taking the meat off. It's great. Only sold through dealers. Find a dealer near you. GreenMountainGrill.com. Find the dealer. Visit the dealer. Get educated. Buy the one that best fits your needs. The best news between the prime and the choice. The high heat pizza oven insert fits both. And if you're looking for a portable one, the Trek is something that can fit in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs and plugs right into the 12-volt receptacle in your vehicle. GreenMountainGrill.com. Com, longtime sponsor of the show. We appreciate Jason Baker and the gang out there. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back, and we thank Rusty Monson for joining me last segment, finding out who the overall winner of Season 3's Barbecue Central Show's American Idol. That is me, and that means the show's over, folks. No more American Idol, but we will get further consideration from Rusty again and John and Doug at the end of this month as we join them for the embedded correspondence segment. This portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, and the Fireboard Spark. I don't have enough time right now as we are closing out the first hour to get to the other item that I wanted to get to in the open segment, but I really Bob Barkered that whole segment out. Congratulations to me and Rusty for helping me figure out a way to do that. July 4th is known for a few different things. The celebrating of America's birthday... But most notably, in the land of competitive eating, the Nathan's world-famous hot dog eating contest, yes, Joey Chestnut, who has appeared on this show no less than two times over the years, won again his 15th championship in a row. And while he was well below his personal record, that's not even really the most impressive thing that happened during the hot dog eating contest. And I will be bringing that to you perhaps at the top of the second hour after I get through some other promo work with best ofs and promotions of other things. But if you missed it, if you're totally in the dark on competitive eating, if you didn't see it in your local news or whatever, you're going to want to, if you're listening audibly, you're going to want to get to a video source. Or if you get this in podcast, you're going to want to go to one of the video archives and look at this if you missed it. Because it is one of the most impressive pieces of competition eating footage, and it has nothing to do with eating. Nothing. We're pointing to the second hour, refresh libations, and 
We will see you back here in just a few minutes. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. And we're broadcasting from the Rider Deluxe, the, the Rider DLX Pellet Grills Hotline from Oklahoma Joe. Stick around. We'll be right back.